morning, Walk Church. Good morning. Oh, how wonderful it is to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Please stand with us and let's worship. Woo!
all, church, give God some praise this morning. Man, I just love that song because it just speaks so much truth that we can raise a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. We can give God all of our praise in the middle of a battle because he's victorious, amen? Come on, he's our champion. Let's keep worshiping him this morning. Give me 
Holy Spirit, I invite your presence to just speak to each of us in this time.
Isn't our God good? Come on, church. You can go ahead and have a seat. And one of the reasons why our God is so good is, is as we're singing that song, Oh, Come to the Altar, it's, it strikes me as, as just amazing because an altar is actually a place of sacrifice. It is, that's what it's designed for. But our God is so good that, that he took the place of the sacrifices that we needed to make in order to, for us to be saved. But there's something about this idea of, of the altar that also uh, reminds me uh, of, of my need to sacrifice. This idea of coming to the altar to lay down, to surrender for sure, but also uh, to bring a sacrifice of praise and to, and to give my life over as a sacrifice for Jesus. You see, the altar, um, it really is this place in which we can bring anything we want to, but also to bring the good things that God has given to us to sacrifice them back to him. And I was reading um, in 2 Samuel chapter 24 as I was thinking about this idea of sacrifice. And, and what was going on is, is the, the kingdom of Israel, um, they, they were going through some stuff. And, and King David uh, realized that he had actually sinned and he needed to come to God and to sacrifice uh, uh, on the altar to God. And it's interesting because he goes to, to buy uh, what's called a threshing floor so he can build this altar. And he goes to buy oxen so that he actually has a pleasing sacrifice for God. And when he goes to buy it, the, the guy he goes to buy it from says, no, 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 you can have this for free. Whatever you want. You're the king. You can have it. And this is what David actually replied to him. He says, but the king, David, replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. There's this idea that David had. David was considered a man after God's own heart. And I believe that one of those reasons why is because he knew that, that, that coming before God was going was gonna to take a little bit, was going to cost a little bit. And so as we are reflecting on this idea of altar, we also happen to be in the first uh, Sunday of the month. And we've been doing this thing for a few months now where we are bringing back to God the first fruits of what he has given us. And so on, if you're on the right side of the aisle, there are some buckets that I, that I would like us to pass. And whether you are, have cash or a check and, and this is an in-person thing or you want to do online, I just want us to remember the goodness of God. I want us to remember what he's given us and, and what we need to give back in return. And so let me uh, pray for, for us before we get started and then you can start passing those buckets. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for being a God that, that has sacrificed himself for us, who has who's become an atoning sacrifice for the sins that we have. But I also want to just say that we love you. And we thank you so much for what you've already done for us. And so as we give back whatever it is that you've uh, burned it on our heart, I just pray that you'll use this offering uh, to do some amazing things for your kingdom, uh, that you'll bless it beyond what we can begin to imagine. And it's your name I pray. Amen. Um, so you can go ahead and pass those 
buckets. Um, and I wanted to share just a couple things that are happening around uh, the rock, because uh, it, even though it's summer and even though we're kind of chilling a little bit in terms of our schedule and timing and all that kind of stuff, there's still a lot going on. God is still doing uh, crazy good stuff in our midst. And the first thing uh, that I want you to be aware of, you we've been telling you about small group leaders, but now it's time for the rest of us to sign up to be in a small group because small group season is kicking off on June 19th. How many people excited about small group season? So for the rest of you who are not really excited, please start to get excited because this is a really big deal. One of our code statements is don't do life alone. We believe that, that we were designed for community. We were designed to be together. We were designed for transformation. And in order to do that, we need to find our people. You need to find the people that are going to be able to speak into your life. And small group is one way um, and perhaps the best way that we can help you to connect with each other so that... Uh, you can have this transformative relationships in your life. So please uh, go onto our now page, sign up for small groups. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, have, some, have a good time this summer just getting to know each other and diving in a little bit and get a little bit closer um, to Jesus this summer. Uh, the second thing that I've got for you is that we have Growth Track Step 2 happening next Sunday at 11. So if you have never been to Growth Track Step 2, it, it's the time, it's the, the space in which we let you know um, kind of w what we need or what we have available for you um, to, to serve here at the church. You see, we can't uh, accomplish Sunday mornings in particular without some volunteers to help. And so we ask you um, and we provide these places for you to serve. We call that Dream Team we, because we believe that God has placed a dream inside of you um, to do some amazing things for his kingdom. And this is one way that you can do so here um, at the church. And so if, if any of that sounds like a fun time to you, please, uh, Growth Track Step 2 next Sunday at 11 o'clock. Uh, you'll want to be there. You'll want to check it out. And then the, finally, the third thing is we have something that's a little bit different coming up. Uh, we have not done this in, in a little bit of uh, a little while. We actually have a concert happening on July 10th. And a band called Unspoken are going to be here um, to uh, kind of just hang out with us for a little bit. Um, I'm excited about this because I've gotten a chance to chat with the, a few of the band members, and they really do want to just spend some time with us. They want to minister to you. They want to worship together with us um, and just be, be a blessing uh, to the people here uh, in the greater Portland area. So they're pretty, pretty uh, excited about this, and so are we. And what you guys need to know is that this is, we only have about 400 uh, seats, give or take, uh, in this, in this uh, sanctuary. And so uh, it's, tickets are going to go really fast. And so we're letting you guys know right now before we put these tickets on public sale and we start advertising in other places in case you wanted to buy your tickets. So we have $20 for general admission to just come in, hang out, sit down. And then we have these special VIP tickets. Uh, and we only have a few of these uh, because this is going to be a meet and greet with the band beforehand. So about an hour and a half before the concert, you can come in, um, meet the guys, um, and you can ask them questions. And, and they're going to get a chance to just chat with us a little bit. So that's happening July 10th. The concert starts at 7, and the, and the VIP meet and greet will start at 5.30. So please get on. Um, again, you can go to our Now page to find uh, links to where the tickets are being sold. Um, and uh, it's going to be a good time together. I, I really do think it's going to be fun. So that's happening July 10th. But right now, um, I want you to silence your cell phones, take a look at this really short video, and then Pastor Tim is going to come and bring us this morning's message.
Well, hey, good morning, everybody. I will not tell Eric that you clapped out loud. But thank you. I appreciate it. I have decided if you show up to church when it's 70 degrees in Maine, you all go to heaven, okay? I'll clear it with God later. So, hey, this is a very special uh, Sunday. Uh, by the way, if I haven't met you, I feel like a broken record when I say this, but my name is Tim, and I'm the student ministry pastor here, which means, thank you, which means I get to uh, have a ton of fun with middle schoolers and high schoolers and, uh, and their leaders and get paid for it, which is awesome. <laughs> It's a beautiful thing, and that means I'm the smartest guy in the room right now for doing that. So uh, I haven't worked a day in like seven years, so um, don't tell Eric that one either. So, hey, this is a special day, though, because uh, even though some of you are in denial that your fifth graders are actually going into sixth grade, uh, this is the very first Sunday that some of our fifth graders are heading up to the jump, which is our middle school uh, experience that happens during this hour. So let's give it up for those students that are going up there for the very first time. We know kids, the kids ministry here is outstanding and our kids are in great, great hands and all those things are happening, which is so cool. Uh, which, which is kind of sad at the same time though, uh, when you're a youth pastor, you only get students for seven years. And, uh, and this is kind of a sad day because I am actually losing some of my students. But we are going to celebrate with this the class of 2022. Come on, we're going to clap for each one of these. From uh, Scarborough High School is Roman Crescetti. Also from uh, Scarborough High School is Marion McPhee. Her father is our, our drummer. He was up here today. Uh, Ethan Payne is from Living Waters Christian. Ethan, I probably, every time I see him, he's grown like that much, that much further. Uh, his, his dad is, uh, you see him up here on the platform a lot of times. And then from Greater Portland Christian School is Catherine Drew. And then last but not least is uh, one out of five children, Hyla Owen. And she came from the Owen School of Hard Knocks, man. She, she graduated. If you don't know, that's my daughter, the last one of five kids. You know what that means? I'm a free man now. My wife got pregnant four months after we got married, and so we have never lived as like single, like married people before, uh, and so we are looking forward to it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're going to tell I miss my kids, right? Uh, hey, um, could you do me a favor, though, with these seniors? Uh, this week, uh, our media department is going to put their pictures. Uh, they're going to choose one every day uh, to put on Facebook and Instagram. Could you go on those and uh, just leave a comment? Even if you don't know them, just tell them you're praying for them. We are a family here. Amen? Amen? Come on. If you don't feel that now, hopefully you feel that in a week or two, or maybe by the end of this 
message today. And we've been going through this, um, this whole series called Code Statements. And if you don't know what a code is, it is something that you live your life by. In fact, uh, I don't think we ever called it code in the past. Uh, but there was something different. I rolled in here about seven years ago. I grew up in another denomination, uh, the Church of the Nazarene, which things are a little bit different there. But I would sneak off here on Sunday night services uh, while still attending uh, the other church. And uh, there was something different about this place. And even though we probably didn't say it out loud, uh, there were, we did things in a different way, uh, which I really appreciated it. It's about our culture, the way we do life around here, uh, but in who we are and, and but not only who we are, but who we want to be. So we've been going through these statements. And, uh, and you may think, oh, this is just really weird. But I want you to know, like, you probably have a code to your family. Uh, if you've raised a family, or you've been raised by a family. Uh, this is some of the things that we actually uh, would go through. As I said before, uh, we are the last of our five kids. So we have like five adult children now. Uh, which is a beautiful thing, but raising five kids is not easy. Uh, in fact, you had to be very practical. We didn't have a whole lot of money. We've been in ministry for quite some time, and we didn't, it didn't matter if you were five or 15. Uh, all these codes uh, applied to everybody in the family. So here are the Owen family codes, all right? The very first one that everybody always knew, it was called Water Up, which means when you order in a restaurant, you only order water, okay? <laughs> Why? Because I knew how to do math. And like three bucks, which is like the average beverage these days, three times seven is 21. Thank you to my second grade teacher for teaching me that. That means I have already spent $21 and we haven't eaten a stitch of food yet. All right? Um, so here's number two. This is kind of taken from for the one. You know, that's one of our code statements here. Well, we called it from the one. And this is when you order, when we went to a fast food restaurant, the only question you ask if you're an Owen is how many things do we get? And that means that you are only meant, you are only allowed to order from the dollar menu. Okay? <laughs> that's what it means, from the one. We always said all the other things on the menu for, were for the rich people, okay? But, you know, it, it, was, it worked out perfect because, you know, like, you know, if you deny your kids a little bit and you, like, splurge a little bit, they go crazy. So sometimes they only got one thing and water. Um, sometimes they got two things, but it was, like, it was like a holiday when you say, kids, you can get three things today. I mean, they thought they had been to Disney World. It was so awesome. <laughs> the next one was You Belong, which he stole from here as well. You Belong, uh, that means that there is no options of attending church. This is where the parents should shout me down right now. There is no options of attending church. Like, it was just a thing in our family. You attended church. Uh, there was also, you were, there was no options of skipping other siblings' sporting events. Now, I had five kids who played multiple sports. Not one of them played a single sport, but literally, like, I added it up. Once Hyla got done, I added up. We had been to, like, thousands of games. That means Hyla, since she was, like, born, had been to, like, thousands of games herself. It's a wonder she even likes sports whatsoever. 
Uh, we also had siblings. Uh, you, were, you weren't allowed to miss birthday parties or any of those things. If we, we just didn't have birthday celebrations. We had a week-long celebration. It was your birthday week uh, in our house. But here's the last one. Uh, it, we call it no free food left behind. Uh, you never pass, if you're an Owen, you never passed on free food. And in fact, going out meant to, uh, we went to Sam's Club and we ordered a large pizza. And some of you guys are going to cringe at this part. And we order one drink. How many people do that? Come on. Free refills. Thank you. Thank you for three people being honest in here. Y'all must be rich or something. We would order one drink and pass it around. We all had the same DNA. We all had the same germs, all that good stuff, okay? But there was free food to be found in Sam. So I would send the kids out. It would take about 10 minutes for the pizza. So I'd send them out to the demo ladies and tell them that was appetizer time. So they would go out, sample everything that they had, and then they would come back for their $8 pizza and one drink. Um, so, uh, because we are a fine, uh, family, we also want to define who we are here at the Rock Church. Like, when it means you come to this Rock Church, these are the things that we believe in and we want to be about. Uh, Pastor Eric and Pastor Ryan have been sharing these. Uh, the first one was what? Live like Jesus is. And the second one was you belong. I know the answers are right behind me. You guys can do this. The third one was multiply. We got somebody with the answers, right? Y'all need to sit down to this lady. She knows all the answers right here. <laughs> multiply does not mean get pregnant, okay? Even though like every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if that's your prerogative. Uh, it means to replicate yourself. Like some of you are sitting here right now because somebody shared uh, Jesus with you. And somebody shared about this experience that we have here uh, together known as the Rock Church. Um, the fourth one was, don't do life a loan. It's time to find your people. Uh, this is what I told my kids when they went off to college. Like as soon as you get on campus, you got to go find your people. Because if you don't, you will just, you will have a hard time and you will struggle. And so last week, we actually uh, went through this one, and uh, we talked about these ping pong balls. It was really strange. And uh, it was called For the One. Okay, so I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit uh, and explain what that was if you weren't here. But this week, we want to go over the next code statement, which is called All In. All In. Before we get started, though, let me pray and can somebody run back there and get me, uh, anybody, a water? Steve, thank you. Appreciate it. All in. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for Steve Reeves, who's going to get me a water right now. Thank you for his willingness. God, help us all to be willing right now just to hear from you. Not to be entertained, not to be amused, but to hear from you. Words can be spoken, but if we open up our heart, you can actually transform them because this is your word. I pray, God, that I would get out of the way. You can use 
my thoughts, my mind, whatever you want to use, I just put those things in front of you now. In your name we pray, amen. Let's give it up for Steve Reeves, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, so here's the scene. We're going to, uh, if you have your scripture today, uh, wherever you have that on, your device or your actual Bible, um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 9. But hold on, let me set this scene up for you. Uh, Jesus was going around and doing many miracles, especially in chapter 9. He actually fed 5,000 people and, um, with uh, two loaves, or five loaves and two fish. And he became very popular, as you can imagine, because all these people were into free food, too. And uh, so they were following after Jesus. In fact, everywhere Jesus went, there was a huge crowd. And, but Jesus had this special knack. If you read in the scriptures, Jesus said he was never attracted to the crowds. Like, he knew there were going to be crowds, but he is not like us. See, if somebody was coming to hear me speak and there was just a place was just packed... I feel so good about myself. But here's what, Jesus, here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, if, if anyone wants to be my follower, which everybody was saying, yes, you're the buffet king. You're where the free food is. I put my hand up. I would like to be your follower. He says this, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. I'm so glad that Jesus just kind of breaks it down. He kind of cuts to the chase. He cuts to this moment. He's like, oh, you know what? This is more about, this is not all just about you uh, receiving miracles. Uh, he, he says this phrase, he says, give up your own way. Well, what does that mean? Uh, here's what I found out it means. <laughs> It means give up your own preferences, um, your likes and your dislikes, your desires, uh, your grudges, your offenses, your own dreams even. Wow, who wants to follow Jesus now? Show of hands, come on. Um, here, here's why he asks us to give up those things. Particularly dreams. Why does he want you to do that? They're often tied um, to a dollar amount or a status. But his plans for us are much bigger. His plans for us. Now, most of us don't believe this. Or some of us don't believe this. I can't say most. But his plans for us are also scarier. There's some people right now sitting here that the Lord has asked you to do something, but you are scared to death to do it. I know these things because I am often this person. They're scarier. They're more dangerous. They're more risky. But they're also better than you could ever ask or think about. They're truly satisfying. God's ways compared to our ways. But then he goes on to say this. He goes even further. It's not even just give up your own way. It's take up your cross daily. Now, I, I live in this country. I, 
I, I don't know if I've ever uh, felt like I've carried a cross or even come close to what this means. But this is the best I can do. This will take sacrifice. You know, pick up your cross daily. This will take suffering even. But let me tell you, there is no, uh, there is another level of intimacy that you cannot experience unless you go through suffering. Intimacy with the Lord. Now, it doesn't sound very appealing, does it? Like, oh, really, I got to sacrifice. I got to start. I just want to show up to church. Like, I just want to, like, put my hour in and hope you don't go long today. And, uh, you know, I just want to drop off my kids. I want to do some good music and I want to roll out because it's going to be 70 degrees today. And uh, I got plans. But I want you to know, like, there's a special level of intimacy that uh, God provides to us uh, when we have nothing else to rely on besides him. Like, you will know him in a good way. Now, let me just tell you, let's just be honest with you, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun whatsoever. It's not fun because I like to be in control. And, but sometimes when you're following after Jesus, uh, you are not in control of the circumstances. But guess what? He is. And then he says this last phrase. He says, follow me. And I love this phrase because Jesus could have said, good luck on your journey. Like, I want to follow after you, Jesus. He said, good luck. I'll be watching to see if you screw things up like you have every other thing. So he, but he, he, instead, he says, follow me. You ever notice it's much easier, like if somebody was taking you to their house, if you actually followed them, like you actually followed them, instead of reading a map or even a GPS that fails us sometimes, your only job is to keep that person you are following in sight. This is your job with Jesus. Keep him in sight. Do not let him out of your sight. But I want to give you a warning here. This will change the direction of your life. And if following after Jesus hasn't changed the direction of your life, I'm not sure who you're following. Um, I've seen many examples of this. And, uh, but I, as a young guy, I, I grew up in Florida, which is why God sent me to Maine, I guess, um, <laughs> to make up for those years. I had a spiritual grandfather. His name was Gordon Green, and he was great, man. He just loved on me as a teenager, and he was probably in his 60s then. And, and uh, he got to be in his 70s and, and 80s, but he, he, somehow he went in the hospital one time, and I can't remember exactly what it was for. I think it was for his heart. And, you know, he, he was in one of those rooms where you get to, like, share a room with somebody that you don't know. That's awesome, huh? Good times. You can hear everything they're going through. They can hear everything you're going through. You're best friends when this all gets done, right? Um, and there was this guy next to him. His name was Garland Hively. I'll never forget Garland. Um, they had a lengthy stay in, in the hospital, both Gordon and Garland. So um, they, they would, oftentimes, his, his wife would come in and his, and his 
daughter would come in and they would start to talk with Gordon, but they'd also start to talk with Garland. And it was so cool because, you know, it was, it was very much like these ping pongs. If you, met, if you forgot last week, if you, if you missed it, uh, we have this ping pong ball outside. Wall. It's a wall. So you, what do we do with it? Well, I want to tell you Gordon's story or Garland's story through this. See, Garland uh, had to have somebody pray for him, first of all. And so the white ball represents somebody that you're praying for. Now, there should be hundreds of walls out there. You just write their name on it. We're going to put it in the, in, inside the wall itself. It's just going to sit in there. Uh, but the cool thing was uh, Garland's story didn't stop there. Because uh, Gordon and his family continued just to uh, build a relationship with Garland while he was there. And they actually were, they went on to the green ball. This is what the green ball represents when you have a gospel conversation with somebody. So they loved on him and looked for the opportunity to share Jesus with them, with him. So Garland's name would go on this because he had a gospel conversation. And then uh, it wasn't long. It was so cool. Right there in his bed that Garland accepted Jesus. Come on, this is the best thing that had ever happened to anybody. So if Garland was here at the Rock Church, we put his name on there. Think about this. Think about the person you're praying for. I put a few in there this morning. This is going to be a great day. This is going to be a great day. When you're able to see God's faithfulness, and write somebody's name on here that you've been praying for, and you get to drop that in the wall. And guess what? We get to all celebrate with this blue one because the blue one represents we're going to see this person get baptized. I think the next uh, Baptism New Life Sunday is July 31st. Hey, we're praying that some of those whites will turn to green and turn to orange, and then the whole family gets to celebrate at baptism, this blue one. So now you know what the wall is for. So Garland goes through this whole process. <laughs> in just like a couple weeks, he goes through this whole process. He was in his 70s, did not know Jesus whatsoever. He lived a really rough life. I grew up with his granddaughter. He's like, no, my grandfather's not a nice man whatsoever. The Lord changed his heart. And he came to church, and it was so crazy because when he was in the hospital, uh, he had diabetes, and uh, they had to amputate both of his legs at the knees. And so he had the prosthetic legs, and, but that didn't stop him. He knew he would hear scriptures uh, preached in church, like 1 Corinthians chapter 27, verse 7, or 12, 7. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Now Garland's like, I ain't got no legs. I'm 70-something years old. What can I do? Well, we had this rock garden, which is oxymoron. This, this, this thing, it was, it was, I don't know how to even describe it. It was like this mound of dirt that somebody decided, let's make uh, this sculpture of the cross. This will make us more spiritual. This will bring in thousands of people. Let's do this. And, uh, but what would happen after a while, weeds would start to grow up in these rocks. 
And I'm telling you, the most convicting thing you can see is you be driving by the church and you see Garland Hively sitting on his behind. His legs were sitting off to the side. You're allowed to laugh at this part, okay? Yeah, it's a freaky sight, okay? It kind of freaks you out at first. His legs sitting off to the side. He is sitting on his behind pulling weeds. Why? Because that's what he could do. He didn't make any excuses. (laughs) He just did what God has asked him to do. Uh, There's a guy here, Dwayne Harvey. He was here first service. Uh, I don't know if he's here right now. But Dwayne actually made uh, the ping pong ball wall out there, which is awesome. But I'm telling you, he blessed me so much because he's so handy. You do not want me to build anything like that because it wouldn't look anything like that. Um, but he has a special ability. And uh, I said, man, Dwayne, thank you so much for making that wall. I appreciate it. And, uh, and he said, no, no, no. Thank you for asking me, to allowing me to use the abilities that God has given me to build the kingdom of God. Well, the scripture says, unless the word is not true, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us. That means God has planted some some abilities with inside of you uh, that he would like to use here. Because here we are all in. So many people have made this decision. I serve on a whole staff of people who have left their careers where they could make more money to serve on this staff which is crazy. I mean, like every single one of them have a story. I see it in the hallway every day. I look out and I see each one of you who have given up so much of your time, abilities, efforts, all those things. Why? Because you love Jesus that much. You love Jesus. So don't, why don't we all go in? <laughs> I mean, I know I was hesitant when I was 16, I thought, I thought this about Jesus. I thought he was going to make me do something that I didn't want to do and go somewhere where I didn't want to go. And he was right. <laughs> Sometimes he does ask you to do something you don't want to do and go where you don't want to go. But that's okay. You can't just be all risky uh, with them because someone else could take them and you would uh, have nothing. You have these, uh, sorry. I See, I always wanted to just make a lot of money, get a good job, get good grades so I could get a good job so I could make a lot of money. I thought that was the answer. See, there's a lot of risk though. So uh, forgive me if, if this offends you, uh, if you grew up in a denomination and a church where they didn't play cards, anybody like that? Like you grew up in a church where it's like, yeah, so many people are like, yeah, you're offending me right now. Uh, I grew up in a denomination that if you played cards, you were just like going to go straight to hell. So, um, but it's 70 degrees. So guess what? Um, In every card game, you're, you're, you're dealt with these cards, right? 
They've been shuffled up and you feel like you've randomly gotten these cards. And they're given to you. And you don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. And you're just like, okay, well, what does this have to do with anything? Well, here, here we are sitting on the side. And, and all these chips represent, uh, first of all, we don't condone gambling. If you do that, don't do it anymore, okay? Um, you can do better things with your money. There is no gamble to give your money to Jesus. Let me just tell you that. A little side note. But listen, here, this represents, I kept, kept thinking about this all the time. This represents our lives, right? Like I have these kids, and I, I, don't, I don't want to risk the life of my kids. I'm not going to bet them. Um, there's my time. Well, I get a lot of time. There's my job. Takes up most of my time. There's this other stack. This might be like my retirement. It, it, and it seems to be like all these things are like stacking up against us and we don't want to risk them because we only have so many of them. Like I only have so many kids. Why would I risk? I only have so many Sundays that are 70 degrees. Why would I want to go to church? And, and then you look at your hand too. You're just like, well, if I had a better hand, maybe I would risk more. Right? Maybe I would risk more. So I look at this hand and... This is a terrible hand. This is not going to win me anything. Um, no, I, I'm not smart enough. I am not good looking enough. I used to have good hair and look what happened. Uh, my parents got a divorce. And they screwed up everything. Or I got a divorce, or I did this thing that I think I'm not, I, th I think what I'm going to do with this, I'm, I'm just going to sit out this one. Like, I can't win anything with this hand. I'm not athletic. I really don't have much talent that has anything to do with anything. I think I'm just going to fold. And this is the way we, we come sometimes process our lives. And we're like, no, I'm just going to fold. I'm just going to keep all this to myself so I don't lose what I already have. But with every card game, though, there's always this, there's always this twist, right? Like there's always this card there's, or these group of cards that make uh, a bad hand much, much better. In fact, in this card game, there's this card that's been laying here the whole time, and I'm allowed to pick it up, but the rules say if I pick it up, the best way I can feel the full effects of it is if I go, I have to push in all my chips. So do I want to pick this card up? Like, this is a lousy hand. I have nothing to lose. So I pick it up. Now, I'm going to tell you what this card means. 
this card makes my lousy hand a winner. This card, if I just hold on to it to myself and don't pick this up, I don't pick the cross up. It's just a normal mundane life. I'm going to exist in this world for just a little bit and my life's going to be over and somebody else gets all these chips. <laughs> all the things I've been holding on to. How much would you bet, though, if you knew your hand could not be beat? Oh, okay, I can't be beat. Oh, two. What? What do you mean you can't be beat? That means the hand that I have in my hand cannot be beat. Nobody can beat it. Oh, I'm going all in, then. I'm going all in. Here's what the, you can have all this. Let me just tell you, you're with this card. See, you were fortunate enough that somebody told you about this card that was laying there the whole time. You, <laughs> you didn't know about this card. <laughs> Your parents weren't Christians. You didn't live in a Christian household. Or maybe you did and you said, this is not for me. I'd rather just keep all my chips. And thank God somebody told you about it. But what happens? Can I just go a little bit in, though? Can I go just a little bit in? Why would you stay? Why would you keep any of your chips if you knew your hand couldn't be beat? Well, how, some people here, and I was one of these people that would go all in and then pull back. Because I got scared. But I want to talk to you real quick about all in and staying in. See, I tried back in the day and maybe lasted like two weeks. Like, right, like I accepted Jesus and my life was good for a little bit. And then it just, I don't know, it didn't take or something. You may be here like that. You were just like, hey, this is a good deal. Like that was that one sermon and I just like made the decision. It didn't seem to make any difference. I want you to tell you, I don't want to tell you not to give up because this is the rest of that verse. This is a warning to us. Luke chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, it says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? See, there's some of us sitting here right now and it, on the outside it looks like we're super successful. We got everything. But I wanted to tell you, like, I'm getting to the age where I get, like, there are guys my age that get to the end and they think they're like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like I've been working all my life for this thing, this position, this figure in my bank account. And I've, I've just figured out it's, is that all there is? Here's what Jesus wants for your life. He wants you to be satisfied 
that he wants you to be fulfilled. The very same things you want from your life. But here's the deal. When we're left to our own, we always choose the wrong things. We always choose the things that aren't going to matter. I can't help but to think about the what ifs in this whole thing though. You know, we're talking about code statements. What, would we, what about if every single one of us was all in? Like what that would look like. It seems like I, I try not to even watch the news. There are so many things going on in our world. But what about if we were all in in forgiveness? What about if we were all in in love? in our relationships, our commitment to the word, like every single person here was all in. This is our dream. This is, this is why we do this every week, to encourage people to keep stepping in the right direction. What if we're all in and suffering? Even though it hurt us, even though uh, things were hard to do, we would still do them. We were all in and sacrifice and generosity like Pastor Ryan mentioned this morning. And I'm like, why are we not? And I kept asking myself this question this, this week. And, and I thought, if we were all in, if like we did this, uh, this is just like Jesus, to, to create a Jesus awakening in the most unchurched city in the United States. He was started right here. And you're not convinced that this would happen if you would just do your part, if you would be all in. He would use this church in such a mighty way. It'd be unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable. But here's what I got from the Lord, though. Here's what he wanted me to tell you. This is more about understanding the love that he has given us than the love we can give him. Why do some people not follow after Jesus? Because I simply understand that you may not realize how much God loves you, first of all. Like he loves you beyond your comprehension. I'm going to finish with this. Uh, this is Romans chapter 8. It starts with verse 31. It says, what shall we say about such a wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dare accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who, who, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Listen to all this. Satan's going to tell you this. Whatever the Lord is asking you to do is too risky. It's going to take too much time. It's going to take too much sacrifice. It's going to hurt too much. But it says in, in the word, it says, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity 
or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victories is ours through Christ who loves us. Am I, and I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the card is laying out there. Now you must decide what you're going to do with it. There's a prayer team down here uh, that will be available during this uh, song and afterwards if you need somebody to pray with you and for you. Please don't walk out of here just leaving that card on the table. Let's sing together. Why don't you stand?
church, just lean in with all your worship this morning. Give them all you have. throughout these weeks. God, as we're challenged to do things um, 
that you have asked us to do. But we know we're not doing them alone. Thank you for this group of believers uh, that I get to serve next to uh, each and every week. God, thank you that you've made us a family. God, help us to grow more and more into that as we grow up. Love you. Bless each person here today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Have a great, great day. Enjoy the perfect weather.